What are you afraid of? Scared you go there and find out that he doesn't love you anymore, honey. You can't control that. The only thing you can control is how you feel. Not how you feel, but how you deal with what you feel that is real. You've got to relax, relate, and release into reality. What was that like, being in therapy? Uh, Were you, what did you talk about that you had never acknowledged to yourself or talked talk? I grew so much from the experience. But I think the most important thing I got is that everything is connected. I mean, if I have a problem, I usually just go to church, give me some Jesus, <laughs> and I'm cool. Welcome back to another episode of Black in Therapy, where we are discussing journeys, dismantling myths, and discovering our truths. It's Sarah Ashley here. What's up, y'all? It's Donna. And I'm here with my dope co-host, Donna. And we are ready to get this episode popping. Uh, let's jump into our first segment. Let's do it. I got a story to tell. Y'all. <laughs> Sorry, y'all know how I do. I'm used to going first, but she just but she just was like, I'ma ask you first. She just, I literally know, before I, I hit record, that. she it's was okay. like, Oh, I'm gonna ask you first. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Okay. Listen. You know, we missed a week, so I'm a little rusty, but sis, tell us about your story. You had a birthday. We, you know, had a birthday days into the year. We're twenty two days in a year into Let the year. Know. Shout out to my aunts. Uh, Aunt Michelle and Aunt Bene, it's their birthdays. I don't think they listen, but just in case they do, shout out to my aunts. Uh, so my story. So I did have a birthday. My birthday was January 13th. Um, so it was good. I had a good birthday. I had a really peaceful birthday. I uh, went and did some self-care that morning. Uh, and then I um, went to lunch with one of our mentors. And that was a dope time. And then my, my, my friends actually surprised me. I thought we were just going to do a toast and, like, you know, mm-hmm. celebrate just being alive. But they actually, like, had a whole seafood situation for me, a birthday cake. And we had a really good time. So they surprised me. Uh, and I went and you know, some lunch situations and all those things. So I had a good time. Had a good had a good birthday week. Um. You want to tell us how old you turned or not? Because I feel like we had. This I mean, if the shoe was on the other foot, I think you wouldn't tell how old you turned. But no, that's I don't not care. True, because we had a birthday type of episode for my birthday. It was a thankful, the thankful uh, celebration that we had in November mm-hmm. around Thanksgiving. We definitely talked about age. We definitely talked talked about um, kind of like you know how you feel when you when you're a new age and you're coming upon a new year. And you know that's how I always reflect in November because we're coming upon a new year. But now we're January. You know, we have goals. We have things that we want to accomplish. And you turn a new age 13 days into the year. So, I mean, I'm just asking. Do you want to tell us so, how old you are? What, you know? Maybe so you have I, a birthday goal. Birthday worry. Tell us. Like, tell us this. It's your birthday. You done? <laughs> so, I had a, um, I turned 34. Uh, I turned 34. And I actually am embracing 34. Like, it's a gift. Like, I look at it like it's a gift. I know I had some anxiety surrounding 34 before i turned 34 because i'm like you know y'all know what my issues was like i don't you know i don't want to be old i don't want to be old i don't want to be an old mom 
like that's been my issue. Like I didn't want to be an old mom and you know, just you know, you want to you know you want to traditionally be married and have the family and all those things. Mm-hmm. And right now, you know, we just out here, you know. You sound like me. You navigating know you sound like me. Okay, I'm when just I saying say we out here navigating omission. Okay, we're out here navigating like. The dating single life, or dating actively, dating actively, you know, still single though, like dating but single, um, and not with a you know direct prospect. Can we can we just be honest with it? I mean, you speaking for yourself, sis, but go ahead. Oh well, I thought you know we was on the same boat. But let me <laughs> let me let me uh jump on another boat because no, clearly we're no, not I'm on the same boat. Saying, I'm just saying this is your okay. birthday episode. I want okay. to talk from my perspective because this is about you. I was just thought I just thought we had a common. But we don't. Okay, clearly. No, we, That's fine. We, That's fine. We coming. We oh, coming. we are. Coming. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, so that was some anxiety I had surrounding turning 34 prior to turning 34. But now that I am 34, I am grateful. I am blessed. Things are moving. I am happy. I am happy. Like, I, I quit. I know I quit my job. Like, I was just thinking today, like, I have peace. You know what I mean? Like, I have peace. And... I am, and God is moving, like, in my, you know, the website launch, we got sales on the website, I have, you know, a little part-time situation that I love doing, because I love doing that type of work, mm-hmm. um, you know, clients are, like, still rolling in, so I'm, I'm blessed, like, and I'm happy, and, you know, I don't know what else God has in store for this year, but right now, I can say on January 22nd that I'm in a good space, mm-hmm. um, not really worried about the future too much, because at the end of the day, in the beginning of the morning, like, I can't control it anyway, so right. why should I worry about things that, and my worry doesn't add, a, add anything to anything, so I might as well stop worrying, um, and that's just where I'm at, so I did have a birthday, I'm 34 now, and I'm feeling blessed and feeling good. Right. I think the older you get, the more you come into yourself, and the more you learn yourself, and the more you are unapologetically yourself. I had a presentation on Monday on Dr. King's, um, you know, the observance of his birthday, and somebody asked me what unapologetically meant. And I, like, told them. And I think the older you get, the more unapologetic you get about who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's always a dope feeling. Like, I'm not making apologies for who I am anymore. I am what... It is what it is. So. Right. That's always a dope thing. Right. So. That's true. I definitely agree with the whole being unapologetic. And something we talked about recently is about... Standing, standing what you do, standing what you say. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I did it. I said it. Not Owning like, it, right? Not like, ooh, yeah, I did. No, mm-hmm. I did it. I did it. I did it. Because I, I wanted it. to. <laughs> right. I did it. I said it. That's what it is. Right. And, you know, and, and, stand, and standing who you are. I think so So many times I feel like people don't live in their truth and they live in this kind of like world that isn't, that just isn't true where they are showing up as someone else Mm -hmm. or they can't be who they are in their own space or whatever the case may be and it just it isn't living Mm -hmm. it it isn't living and and I remember you always saying like when you went to therapy you really felt like you you became you started to live Mm -hmm. you started to live not to just exist um and that is a part of the therapeutic process is is realizing that you you want to live your life Mm -hmm. right and I get it to, to that point. I always get excited when I get text messages like, "Yo, I need to find a therapist. Help me find a therapist." Like that's like one of the best text messages I can get. Is mm-hmm. like, I, "I need a therapist." It's like because I am like super excited. I can't say what I say <laughs> when I see that message, <laughs> but I am you know ecstatic when I see that. So to your point, yeah, I want everybody to experience that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, 
and and even to the point of like owning who you are. Like my sister, my god sister, Shalay told me that one day. We were talking about something. She was like, yo, if you did it, you did it. She was like, own it. And, and she's older. So like, you know, that comes with, you know, walking in who you are. Like, she's like, don't let anybody control your narrative. Like, so if you did it, own it and tell it your way. Right. Tell the story your way. And I, and that's, that's something that I'm just living by now. Like, I'm not, not apologizing, you know, and I'm not saying if I'm wrong, I'm not going to apologize, but like, I'm not going to show up as a lesser me anymore because of people. Like, it is what mm-hmm. it is. Right, that's true. You know what I mean? Show up as who you are, and if if people can't handle it, then that's their problem. Right, for sure. So that's that's something you know that I've been committed to. I think because I think sometimes we kind of shrink ourselves or don't always show up as who we are. But I said now this year, like I'm doing it. Like you're gonna pay me what I'm worth. You're gonna do all those things because I'm here, mm-hmm. and I worked to get to 34. Like I just wasn't playing around. Mm-hmm. So you did yeah. that. That's where I'm happy at with that. Happy related birthday. I mean, of course, I told you happy birthday and all that. You did. You took me. Donna took me out to dinner. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna front one, sis. Sis took me I out. Did. Mm-hmm. We had a nice dinner. Yes. Um. So, so other stuff's been going on, huh? We got a new uh president, a vice president. Yes, we do. So get so thoughts on that. About that. Listen, that that was a part of my Wait, story. Donna, Donna called me on Wednesday. I'm like, sis, I am at the inauguration. Like you, <laughs> I gotta call you back. I'm at the inauguration. You wasn't here. You I was at there. the inauguration. You I was got to call me that. Was you watching it on your phone? I was watching it on TV. All right, well, you could have talked to me too. No, sis. We couldn't have our phones there. What? We couldn't be on them. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I felt like, and I said this to one of my, uh, one of my girlfriends, I'm like, listen, I felt like if it, if it wasn't COVID, we would have been at the inauguration. She's like, mm-hmm. no, I don't think so because it's cold. I'm like, mm-hmm. I would have been I mean, there. I would have been there. Not even if it was COVID. If it wasn't just an insurrection. In a it's freaking like a terrorist little, attack right. <laughs> two weeks ago, we would have been here. We, we would have been here. They would have allowed us to go. Right. We would have been here. But, you know, the way it worked, we had to watch it. And then she goes, I'm going to call you back when it's over. Over. Yes, it over. And over. when I say over, I meant the after party, all the concerts. Like, I'm going to call you back when, when it's over. Back? Because I was the next day. I called you back the next day. Mm-hmm. Since the concert wasn't over until... Late that night, she was she was in her feelings about something. So there's that because ain't no way you gonna tell me you gonna call me back when it's over. So I'm like, alright, call me back when it's over. Like it's about to be over in a couple hours or something. But whatever. so since she wanted to say I was in my feelings, I was in my feelings on Sunday when I told her I was gonna call her back and didn't call her back. And then I, by Wednesday, I was really at the inauguration. Like, sis, I, this is whatever. and she knows this about me. Like I live for politics, so like I was this watching is, it too. But I can't watch it and talk to you because then I'm gonna miss what I want to watch, like the view. When people call me when the view is on, I get edgy because I want to listen to what they're saying. And now I got to go back and rewind it or watch it later because I can't hear what's going on. Sarah got to send me a schedule of her TV shows or the stuff that she watched on CNN so I know not, when not to call her. Hmm. Interesting. But in other news, the inauguration was the literally the highlight of my year so far. Okay. It gave me all of the inspiration that I needed. It gave me that push. It Literally everything. It gave me everything. Everything from the Obamas who, if you know me, you know how I feel about Michelle and Amber Rock both. But it just gave me everything I need. I feel like that gave me the push because when we talk about our stories in this first segment, I always think like a lot of the times I feel with COVID and stuff, I feel like like it's so mundane. And it's like it's not too – because if you know me, I'm a homebody. I'm in the house. Like I pretty much do the same things like – so I don't really have too much 
moving and shifting. Like, you know, it's not too much excitement. Like, or things to me, and my friends say this to me all the time, like, oh, you did this? You ain't say nothing. Like, it's not, I'm not one to tell people. Like, so it's like, yeah, I'm doing some stuff, but it's like. Selective. Selective of what she shares. Okay, selective, right. So it was like, oh, your story, like, mm, you know. The inauguration was the highlight of my, you know, highlight of my. I think it was the highlight of our, of, of my week too. Right. I think that I am a very big, like, pomp and circumstance person. Like, I love all of it. So honestly, it felt like Christmas, not just because Trump was leaving, but because like I got to watch this all day long. So like, even I woke up early to see Trump leave. Like I all that like the Marine one on the on the lawn. Like I watched all of that. Like, do I am I a fan of Trump? Hell no. But the pop and circumstance, like all the the glitz and the glamour of it. Yeah, like. I'm here for Melania's fashions. I'm not here for nothing else from her, mm-hmm. but I'm here to see what she got on. I'm here to see, you know, the plane taking off and, and what he says and what, what happens all around it. Like, I'm even here for their family to see them celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's something, like, that's important. So, I, 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 it really did feel like Christmas to me because I got to watch something all day where it's, like, even the Clintons and, you know, the Bushes mm-hmm. and all Everybody the, like, I, through, I'm here right. for all of it. Like, right. so. And the social media circus afterwards, right. of course. Right. And anybody that knows me really knows that I love um, Vice President Harris's niece. Like, Nina Harris is hilarious. Like, if y'all don't follow her on Instagram, her at name is, like, at Nina, like, M-E-E-N-A. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all need to follow her. Like, Nina Harris is hilarious. And, like, I'm here for her. her husband had the, the uh, Dior ones on. Oh, and so yeah. he was trending with the mm-hmm. Dior ones. Y'all know her um, Her daughters are the great nieces that Bryce Rice and Harris always has, like, running around and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just dope. It was just a dope time yeah, in history. For sure. Um, and I, I didn't realize that public school had off on Wednesday. They did? I think so. I think a lot no, of schools had, had school. Um, yeah, my son had school, too. And it's crazy because, so, I turned the TV on. Jaden does uh, home, virtual schooling in the dining room. He does his virtual school in the dining room. And I turned the TV on in the dining room. So just that it can be on. Like, obviously, he's not listening to it. It's not too exciting for him. So it's not like it's distracting him. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, while I'm walking back and forth, I can still hear, uh, like, see it, um, you know. But he was like, oh, I'm watching that on TV. My teacher turned it on. So I'm like, well, which teacher? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I want to know. I'm thinking it's his main black male teacher who... You know, a little, not, and he's not like hood or anything, but he will, you know, he, he will urban. Mm-hmm. No, this, the, his older white teacher turned it on for him to watch. So he watching it on his computer while we watching it in the dining mm-hmm. room. And I'm just amazed, like, yes. So obviously, like, we've been had a conversation and he telling me what they talk about and the, te- and the students is t- talking about it. Right. These are sixth graders, these are 11, 11 and 12 year olds. So I'm just like, okay. Like, I love when he learns stuff outside of me and he's having these discussions that, like, the teachers didn't have to do these things. You know what I'm saying? And, I, I mean, I don't think they did this when Trump won, or at least I hope they didn't. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a celebration. This is a moment in history. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, he is telling me stuff that they're talking about. I'm listening to the kids. So, that was definitely a big highlight of the whole inauguration and watching it and, and stuff like that. But they should have gave us all. <laughs> they gave us off when the Eagles won. I'm just saying. <laughs> But, yeah, I, I think watching that, um, even like the performers, like Lady Gaga, like the fit, fa- I think it was the fashion too. And I'm not like a real fashion person, but dang, come um, to play. Yeah, like J Lo, you know, and even I think um, Amanda Gorman was like the show. She stole the show with her mm-hmm. with her poem, um, and just to see, it was not even just about black girl magic. It was about like unity magic and like mm-hmm. cultural magic, like, like you know. I was when I was driving here. I was just like, yo. I was like, I actually follow 
um, Vice President Harris. I actually followed the First Lady. Not that I didn't follow Michelle and Barack, but it's like, ah, I cannot identify with y'all. Like, I didn't follow anybody from the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm following y'all, not because y'all are the Vice President, the President, First Lady. I don't follow the President, but the Vice President and the First Lady, I follow them because, like, I can identify, like, Dr. Jill Biden, like, I know that I want to get my PhD one day. So it's like, those things, like, right. you know, I, I, I can identify with you. Right. Like, you're an educator. I can identify with it. Right. Like, I, I have been an educator, but now I want to be an educator again on the, you know, the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I identify with it. And I right. think that that's, you know, dope that we can right. just sit and watch an inauguration of people that we can identify right. with. Exactly. Like, identify even in the HBU, like HBCU. Yeah, like, we like, went to HBCU. Like, right. that, that, not that we felt like we couldn't do anything. I think we are fearless and we know that mm-hmm. we can achieve anything. But we didn't always think that. Right. And we weren't always taught that. Not right. just you and I, but any black girl was not always taught right. that. So now that we can see that, and that is, rep- is represented such so highly, it's, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really big deal. And I think for them, like, just like with Barack, he, you know, he had a lot of weight on his shoulders. I think she does too. Like, I think she has to know that she is um, a role model, whether you want to be a role model or not. Like, mm-hmm. you... You got to walk that straight line as, as, you know what I mean, as who you are right. at this point. Because there are a lot of people looking to you, looking up to you, um, inspired by you, identifying with you. So, like, you have to make sure that you walk that straight line. Right. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. And I know that, I hope she has a therapist. I hope they all have <laughs> therapists. Because we talked about that the last episode. Every leader needs a therapist. Yes. Uh, so, I'm, I'm praying for success for their, you know. Their administration. I wonder if that's some type of requirement or could be. Requirement. I hope so. It gotta be. I hope that it they have therapists. Be. Then they need to hire us. If y'all right, listening, listen. <laughs> just in case you know, I will slide through the White House. You know, bring a couple colleagues. A lot of y'all up in here. <laughs> but I definitely think. Um, oh, I wonder. That's really a good question. Like, would they uh, EAP? Like, what, right. what is what their, does it look like? What does it look right. like? What does it look like for those stresses? Right. Mm. So, so, so that's my story. We talked mm-hmm. inauguration. We talked my birthday. Um, can we talk Keisha Cole and Ashanti? No, that was uh, disappointing. It, it was so. So my thing is this, and the best meme I saw that night was like we waited two months and thirty six minutes for this. Like, I don't know what was going on with Keisha Cole. Um, she needed a therapist. <laughs> she needed a therapist. She needed Fine. to not do whatever drugs. She possibly could have done in the bed. I'm not gonna assume the lady was on drugs. I'm not saying on drugs. I'm saying high. That's all I'm saying. Like I don't know what she did in the bed. Did she, she got an argument? Do you know her? No, I don't she think. I don't. Know. I don't think that's her personality. I think she was agitated or high. She probably was agitated because her name is Keisha Cole, and if you know her, because when I like people, and I like Keisha Cole, I'm. I like Keisha Cole too, but I'm not saying she ain't smoke a doobie in the back and or eat an edible and came out there and wasn't responsive or as reactive as she should have been. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. listen. If you if you eat an edible, you ate an edible. Like I ain't mad at you, but since something happened, can we say that there was an antecedent to her behavior <laughs> at the at the you know at the verses? It definitely was. So that's all I'm saying. We don't know what it was. Something. Maybe she got a fight and a fight, or she was just agitated, antsy, anxiety. She could be on like actual medication. We don't know. Right. I mean, see it. Reframe it. Reframe it from the therapist. Re- I'm just saying. That's what I'm trying to do because you just assume like you're going to. I'm do not it. assuming. I'm I said. Maybe. I said maybe. Maybe it was this. Maybe it was that. And you're saying maybe it was her anxiety. Maybe it was. How, however, whatever. In the words of my my Kia, my Doctor Kia, my one of my favorite podcast hosts. Howsoever. Sis did not 
come out with the best attitude or the best energy. She didn't, but that's why I love Ashanti. I love Ashanti's attitude. She always is, like, positive. She's always happy, or at least that's what she shows us. Um, I love Ashanti. I just love her personality. I do. She just, she just always laughing, and you know what I'm saying? Like, she just, she did get a little bored at the time, too, but I love Ashanti. And that's just, that's just how I feel about Ashanti. Keisha Cole, all right, heartbroken. All right, all right, we get it. But Ashanti, I feel like... I don't know. I was team Ashanti. What about you? I mean, going into it, I was team Keisha. And as I sat there and waited for an hour for her to even come out, I was just like, okay, I'm over it. And then when she came out, like, she didn't even apologize for being late. It was just like, I'm here. Like, all right, sis. Like, and we waited. Where's your apology? Where's your anything? Your acknowledgement of you being late. sorry. She ain't never say sorry or apologize. I never heard um, those words. And then I was super annoyed that she wasn't singing. Neither one of them really sang. Um, but some people don't. Yeah, but I was ready to... Honestly, I was ready to put Pay LaBelle and Gladys Knight back on because they were 80 and giving us way more energy than that. Okay, they probably had something to prove. Older mm, people... No, they, they ain't had nothing to prove. They're legends. They ain't got nothing to prove. Older people. They are, they are living legends. They, and guess what they could have did? And that's... <laughs> <laughs> they could have come out there and not sang and we still would have been bopping and jamming. I also didn't like that I couldn't see their whole body. I feel like the setup was kind of weird. Like, why was we so close to them? We could have been a little bit further. It, could have it was just there. disappointing. They had a lot of time to plan it, and it just was not. It fell very short of the expectation, um, right. especially for people that were in high school, college, in that area, that era where, you know, that was like the soundtrack of of a certain part was of our lives. College? I was in college with Keisha Cole's albums. Oh, older. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So that was that. That was versus. I hope the next time you know. Monica and Remy still had the worst verses all the time. The what? The best verses all the time. I'm going to say Erica Badu and Joe Sky had the best Well, they verses. had the most viewers. Brandy okay, Monica. because it was Brandy Monica. But I think that next to Pay LaBelle and Gladys Knight, I think that Joe Scott and um, Erica Badu had the best verses. The energy was there. The love was there. The songs was there. Yeah, it was a vibe. It was a vibe, so... Brandy and Monica was a little off too. It was, but it was. A, it, I'm a Monica fan. I love me some Monica, but you know. Yeah, I'm just saying. And they had a lot of viewers. So they did. Shout out to my girl Monica. All right. So, anything else going on that we need to talk about? I think those are major events. We only twenty two days into this this year, and I feel like it's oh wait, over. but you know they're trying to impeach your president already. For what? <laughs> For things he did while he was vice president. It's, it's, you know, we just going, you know. We just got to sit back and watch this stuff unfold. Like, I don't think it's going to be any, like, you know, real substance to the impeachment paperwork that they're trying to, you know, present. But, you know, whatever. I didn't know that. That's crazy. What? I do appreciate I think I shared this with you in a text message. The stuff that Biden has already done. Um, I think, like, a lot of people don't pay attention to details when it comes to certain bands that Trump had and, and the things that Trump signed. When he was president. Um, but for me personally, like, I used to have a client that was affected by the travel ban. Mm-hmm. And I think that people always think like, oh, it's keeping terrorists out. But it's like, actually, it's keeping people that also lived in America out too. Because it's like nobody can travel from those Muslim countries. Like Syria, Iraq, Iran, and other Muslim countries. So I had a client during my internship whose mother went to go care for her father that was mm-hmm. sick. And got stuck in Iraq because... 
she could not come back over because of the travel ban. So when you think your mom is only leaving for two months and she's gone for four years, four years, wow. like to us, like that, they, you know, these four years might have went quickly, but to a child that doesn't have their mom for four years because of a travel ban that the president put in place, um, just imagine. Right. So the reversal that, that President Biden did um, on his first day in office, like, meant a lot to a lot of people. I know for sure. Because I know that my client is not one of one. I know that there are other people mm-hmm. who were affected the same way she was affected. So that was a big win, um, personally. Because, I, I mean, I'm not in contact with her anymore. But I can just imagine, you know, mm-hmm. the celebration that's happening now because her mom gets, gets to come home. Right. Because um, everybody's not a terrorist. And we can't just group or other people because of their, you know, religious beliefs or their nationality. So shout out to uh, President Biden for doing that. Yes, for sure. I feel like he's about to do a lot of stuff that we're going to love. Mm-hmm. These long waiting. Well, I think we still need to pay attention and make sure that the black agenda is still being addressed because black people got you on office at the end of the day. Philly got you on office. Georgia got you on office. Mm-hmm. And we need to um, make sure that he is addressing the black agenda. And we need to continue to push the black agenda. Because I think that we can get real. You know, you don't want to take that deep breath and be like, oh, we made it. Mm -hmm. Like, we ain't make it yet. Right. Like, you still have to do the action. Right. Like, we still need him to address the black agenda. And I think that's something that we need to keep our foots on our necks about. And not even just the president, but our local um, leaders. Like, yeah, we got y'all in office, but now what? Um, There's still an agenda that needs to be addressed. And so... You know, and even for Philly, like, you know, I have a meeting on Thursday with the mayor and with the steering committee, and it's like, y'all took away Juneteenth. <laughs> it's a holiday. Like, how how that work? You know what I mean? Like, so now we got to go in the meeting on Thursday and, you know, kind of fight that battle because right. was it just for show that y'all took, you know, gave us Juneteenth and made it an official holiday last year? Y'all had all this pomp and circumstance and right. had a press conference. And what was the reason for taking it away? And now, like, yeah, so now, so now you got to tell me what's up with that. Because I got people texting me left and right about Juneteenth. And it's like, you know, that is a day that the last slave was free. That the, that we got notification that slavery was over. You know, even though the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in January, it wasn't until June. So, that's a celebration. And I think that we need to address that. So, I will definitely be taking it to the meeting on Thursday. Because, what? <laughs> right. And it's not even like it's a celebration for uh, Emancipation Proclamation. So, like, all right, we just going to choose one. Like, nah. Yeah. Y'all didn't give us the first one. You didn't give us didn't the, didn't give an, <laughs> the Emancipation. So, give us, like, y'all didn't give us the first one. Mm-hmm. So. so. But that's what I mean when I say the agenda. Like, I think that we, you know, we get kind of like, all right, let's take the pressure off, you know, the gas. And it's like, no. Because the minute we take the pressure off the gas, then stuff like that happens. Where right. you think you can, underneath our noses, take away your holidays, you that you made a big to-do about last year when you gave it to us after the, the whole George Floyd. Mm-hmm. So, like, keep that same energy. So, we'll see how it goes on Thursday. I'll have an update for y'all. Yes, for sure. <laughs> for sure. We don't need to know. So, let's get ready for our next segment. Don't believe the hype. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype. <laughs> don't, 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 don't believe the hype. <laughs> don't believe the hype. I think that we have a good topic um, this evening, and it's about um, false positivity. And so, when we think about don't believe the hype, we don't want to believe the hype about false positivity. So, Donna, tell me, tell me about false positivity. So, no, we did talk about this before this week. We talked about it, and I was and oh, what, prior to yes, yes, we did. We talked about it, and what we talked about is the notion or the thought that there. 
to be to be positive, to look at the brighter side, to better days are to come. Those type of sayings and those type of myths, um, not to say that they're all not true, but the thought that we should see the brighter side or we should see the good side or there's always positivity in a situation. Um, and, and living in that and kind of like sulking in that, like everything has to be positive, right? It's positive. It's okay. I'm fine. Um, especially when things are not right. Things are not, things could not be that, that is what false positivity is, is to me. And that's how I look at it. Um, so we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the way I see it, the, the meme, I showed Donna this meme. I showed Donna this meme. <laughs> what? <laughs> I showed Donna this meme and it said, um, it was like the guy was in a bar. The dog was in a bar. Y'all might have seen it. And it was like flames all around him. And one picture, it was flames all around him. And then the next picture, it was still flames all around him. And he's like, I'm fine. And I think that's the best way to describe false positivity because we go through stuff. Like a part of life is good, bad, and ugly, right? And I think when you think about false positivity, it's like we have this myth that everything always has to be okay. Like, oh, think positive, think positive, think positive. Um, you know, and it's like, yeah, think positive. Like always, you know, look to the brighter side, but also embrace what you are going through in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that we always want to be like, well, you know, there's a bright side somewhere. Yes, of course there's a bright side, but but how are you feeling in the moment? And I think that when we don't acknowledge or embrace how we feel in the moment, we miss times to grow. Mm-hmm. And I think we miss opportunities to actually feel our feelings and understand what a feeling feels like. Right. I think that... So, for instance, I didn't tell you all this part of my story. This was a, a bigger part of it. Mm-hmm. I got in a car accident. I got in a car accident on Jan- January 10th, so three days before my birthday. And I was actually coming from Donna's house, and this lady hit me from behind. And... Everybody that day was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But that night, like, I cried. And I cried. And I couldn't stop crying because the accident was serious. Like, I could have gotten hurt way worse than what I, you know, am hurt. But it's like, I didn't think about that in the moment. Like, whenever I was like, you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like, let's get this, you know. I just want to get home. I just want to do this. I just want to do that. And I just kept moving. And Donna was like, yo, like, are you good, though? Like. And I'm like, damn, like, am I good? Like, you right. know. And even like sometimes it could be a reflex to say I'm good. Right. Like, like, how are you fine? Like, it's just, you just right. get so used to it. You just said it, not even thinking, not right. even processing how you are feeling. Exactly. And even now, like, you know, I have these, like, visions or dreams before I actually fall asleep. And it's like a scary thing because, like, I'm always back at the accident. Every night before I go to sleep, I'm back at the accident for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, And so to answer that, like. That false positivity that we keep saying that we're okay. Like, I'm not okay. Right. You know, like, something Even though, happened. yes, things could have been worse. Worse. I'm still not okay. Right. You're right. I'm still not okay because right. of what actually happened. We right. don't have to have worse circumstances. And I think we live in this life where it's just like, things could be worse. Like, oh, I could be homeless. I could be poor. Right. I could be sick. And you know what's funny? I went out with my friend, my other. So, I have two sets of college friends. I have, like, an older set of college friends that were, like, my sisters and my cousin's friends that just, like, took me in. And we're all friends. And then I have friends that of the people I actually came in school with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went out with the friends I actually came into school with. And my one friend got into a very, very, very bad car accident where she literally could have died. She was in the hospital for months. But I found myself talking about my situation to her mm-hmm. and dumbing it down because I'm like, oh, shit. I ain't, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. even nowhere near right. what she went through. But that was still false, that falseness. Like, 
I'm still affected, so I shouldn't have to dumb my experience down because your right. experience is worse. Right, you don't have to look the look at the brighter side of your situation. Right, right. Because it wasn't as bad as hers. Right. Like, no, this was bad for me. Right. This is the, the what I go through, and I think we're talking about it in very real, very um, life or death type of situations. But this happens in 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 all, in all through life. This mm-hmm. happens in, in relationships, especially where it's just like, oh, this person says something, so I I can't. You know, I can't say what I want to say or I can't make the point that I want to make because I should look at the brighter side. Mm-hmm. Or or you know how people do this, like, must-be-nice thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, right. hold up. Like, we're not going to act like everything could... Everything that is just so much better because you make more or people are better or it's been longer time or, or whatever the, the greater thing is that because it's so much greater... That the smaller things don't matter, right? Or the or the, the smaller, smaller things, bad things don't small, matter, right? The smaller bad things, you should be like, oh, it could have been worse, or it could have been, it could have been, it, it's not as this, or it's not as that. Mm-hmm. No, like embrace all of it, like all embrace of it, all right. of it, because like that false positivity that people tell you all the time, that's like you you have to like always look, you know, at the bright part of it. Like we don't always have to do that. Like you don't. Like that's a lie. That's a lot of people tell you. Like, because when you live in that false positivity, you overwhelm yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, and you don't, and I think that it makes you more anxious because you don't give yourself that chance to feel other feelings. Like, why is it so, why would you believe somebody to tell you that you can only feel one feeling? Right. Like, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, when you have all these other feelings inside of you that make you who you are and that shape experiences, why should I only focus on one emotion or one track of thinking about something? Like, yeah, don't get overwhelmed. Don't get depressed about stuff. But also embrace the stuff that you're going through. Right. And, exactly. and and acknowledge it. Like, I think that we, when you think about false positivity, it teaches you not to acknowledge what you're going through in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's stupid. That's stupid. It is. And, and not only is it stupid, but it's something that is going to affect you and it's going to cause trauma within you because it's going to be so many things that are not addressed within yourself. So then, depending on how 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 much you've been putting out of this false positivity... These are things, this is just going to be who you are. You're going to be this false positivity person, mm-hmm. right? This is going to be who you are, and then you're not ever going to have going to have healed from all of these things right. that was traumas because you wanted to look at the brighter side of things and think that things weren't that bad. But when really, you can look at the, the good and the bad side of things. Right. Like, you know, we live in a world, like, even if you're not religious and you don't believe in God and the devil, you know that there's negative forces out here. You know that there's negative people out here, negative entities, whatever it is that you believe in. Mm-hmm. There is a negative side of things. So why would we think that we only can look at the positive when we know mm-hmm. that, you know... The negative exists. The negative exists. No matter what it is, it is there. Okay. So I think that that's, a, that's definitely a good point to make that. Listen. Right. The same way you used to watch them sitcoms as the angel and the devil, no matter what it is, again, religious or not, there's always going to be those negative forces, and it's okay to embrace those. Sometimes you, you choose the negative. Sometimes you choose the negative. Sometimes you choose the positive, but don't ignore. Don't I think, ignore it. Right. I think one thing I teach when I go out and do my classes, one of my six-week classes, one of the classes we focus on is finding the good, right? So acknowledging the bad, like acknowledging that, that something is going on, but the good thing that came out of this, right? And so the good thing that came out of this is what? You know what I mean? I think that when we embrace everything, the totality of the situation, like whatever you're facing, um, the way we don't get stuck in the negative, but we acknowledge the negative, but don't get stuck in it, is that we say this was good because, mm-hmm. right? Um, and kind of reframing it, not necessarily that false positivity where we're saying we're not even acknowledging the bad, mm-hmm. we're acknowledging it, but we're saying this was good because, mm-hmm. right? And kind of reframe 
um, what we're experiencing. Embrace it, understand it, process it, feel it. But then this was good because. Right. Because I think that if we don't have a positive takeaway from it, then we will get stuck. We might get depressed. We might get overwhelmed and anxious. But if we acknowledge the bad, you know, feel how we feel, process it, and then say, you know what? But this was good because. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, this was good because. Right. If there's a good part about it, always. I think always there's always a good of, of something. Like, we, we, we. There's always a lesson. I don't know if it's necessarily good. Like. The word good is kind of, it's always a lesson. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I, personally, I don't think it's necessarily a good, right? Like, I don't think I think I try to find good. the good in everything, though. Like, I mean, people try to find the good in things, and I feel like, okay, I Like, even when my, my friend died, Miss Ella, like, that, it was heartbreaking, right? Mm-hmm. But the good thing was that I got to experience her love. See, and my thought was that I feel like that's the lesson. I feel like the, okay. the lesson is all the, because le- maybe you didn't realize that while she was here. Maybe it was something that. Oh, I, I knew it, but I'm saying, like. The the what I took apart from it, to, the good thing was she's not here no more. I wish I can call her right now because I'm doing something and she would definitely partner with me. Mm-hmm. On. But the good thing is that I got to experience her love while she was here. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we can always find the good. Even in tragedy, we can find the good in something. We just have to kind of reflect and process right. and choose to find the good. Right. I think sometimes we get, either we get so positive that we just like, whatever, it's all mm-hmm. gravy. And it's like not all gravy. Or we just choose not to see any of the good in it. Right. So. That's true. I think I think that finding the good, but acknowledging the bad, the ugly part is mm-hmm. important Definitely. in life. Right. In every situation. Right. In, in, in whatever it is, it's always going to be a downside. Not that there's always going to be a downside, but there always could be a downside. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge it. And, and I think we got to roll with the punches. Like, did I want to get in a car accident? I was minding my business. On my way home. You know what I mean? Like. But this was good because what? Like, you know what I mean? And I had to sit with myself and say it was good because what? Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe I haven't felt the good yet <laughs> in it, you know? I, I see more inconvenience and stuff that I just have to add to my schedule now. But, you know, my my brother-in-law has a auto body shop, so maybe this was good because they got some revenue. I don't know. You know what I mean? But yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to sit with that. But this was good because I think right. that's an exercise we should do. Right. There was definitely some positive in there, right? Maybe. Right. You, you never know. You never know what's going to come out of it. Maybe you're you going to need what, whatever comes out right. of it. Right. For sure. Definitely. I agree with you. So, that was our myth. You want to do yeah. anything more to it? No, I think we get it on the on the All right. Yeah, so, let's get ready for our next session. Truth. I said session. I'm such a therapist, right? Let's get ready for our next segment. Truth is... What's my truth this week? I feel like you probably came with a lot of them. Why you wasn't talking to me? Shut up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my truth this week is, and I had to sit with myself. Um, and I guess this is partly why I was in my feelings with, with Donna this week because I feel like um, the same energy I give to people when people are like close to me and they're in my circle, I am very sharing um, and open. I think I'm open in general, but I think with people close to me, I, you know, I'm, I'm a detailed person. And so when people don't give me that same energy back, I, um, don't know what to do with it, especially when I share openly with, with them. 
And so um, I sat with myself this week and I really tried to like, because I didn't want to not talk to Donna. Me and Donna talk every day, um, multiple times a day. So this week was like, it was stuff I wanted to tell her. Like it was some funny stuff I wanted to tell Donna this week, but it's like I was in my feelings about it. And so I think that I have to recognize, my truth is that I have to recognize that everybody is not always going to give me that same energy, um, that same honesty or that same truth that I give them all the time. And I have to be okay with it. And then maybe I have to reshape or reframe or refocus, or I don't know the word, on the energy I give to people and what I share. Because maybe, you know, I should pull back. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So you feel like, so you basically feel like, like, all of your relationships that you have should be, like, do you, you feel like you give equal effort? Like, do you feel like you have friends or family members or whomever who you... Because I think, because for, for me, I feel like, I mean, and that's your truth, but, like, sometimes you know what you got to do for certain people or you know certain things in order to, like, engage them or pull them or you know that you're not going to talk to somebody unless you do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or sometimes... For me, I know that I'm intentional about like, oh crap, this is like on Friday, let me make sure I'm like texting or calling my friends or like I might send out a happy Friday text to whomever, make sure I'm checking around like the people that got kids. Like I'm literally scrolling down my text messages like whatever the case may be. Like I have to be intentional about that with certain people, even my family members. So do you feel like, like you don't feel like certain friends just like who they are is who they are? And like, you know so, so let me say this. I feel like I have friends that are who they are consistently, right? Mm-hmm. And so if I'm sharing, we're, sh- we're sharing. Like, you know what I mean? I have friends that I don't share everything with. Like, but I have friends that I share legit, like, 99.9% of everything with. Um, and it's very selective and it's very few. Like, I have a lot of, you know, not I have a lot of friends. I have a circle of friends, but mm-hmm. everybody doesn't get the details unless right. I, you know... But if they do get the details, I'm getting the details about them too. Right. Um, so when you're not, when the person is not consistent with the details, then that's where the issue comes in. It's not like, you know, I, I know that specifically for you, you you can be a private person, but I feel like at times you have also been detail-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I feel like you can pick and choose when you want to be detail-oriented. So then my processing is like, well, then should I be, should I pick and choose and I'm going to be detail-oriented or I should, should I continue to be the same person I am mm-hmm. or should I give that same energy back to you? Right. You know what I mean? So that's something I process with because it's like, if I'm telling you my business or we, or we just have that relationship, it's not even about tip for tape. It's mm-hmm. about if we're open and we have been open in the past about everything, then it's like, well, why are you picking this piece that I share about? Uh, right. So that's my thing. So that's what makes me reevaluate stuff because like, hmm. What is it about this that makes you not want to, or makes you not feel comfortable when you know you should feel comfortable around me to share anything because you could write a book. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it shouldn't be really, I feel like it shouldn't be nothing that you hold back because I'm not going to ever tell your business. I'm not going to ever, you know what I mean? Like, so I just feel like it was just weird. I just felt a weird vibe. So that's my truth. Like when I feel like somebody is not being their authentic selves with me, I pull back. I have an issue with that period. Like if I can't pinpoint your family, like I don't trust you. Like, if you lie, I don't trust you. You say you didn't lie, you say you omitted it. Okay. I had to work through that because it's like, to me, in my eyes, you lied. But in your eyes, you omitted it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agree to disagree. Yeah. So, here we are. Okay. What's your truth? Well, you see now, now that you said your truth, I kind of feel like I might got I might got two. And you know I don't even do truth is. Y'all Help know yourself. I don't do truth is, Help but yourself. I might got two. Because one of them I thought about when you, when you was talking... And one of them I was thinking about um, is that my truth is that 
I don't want to, and, and I've had this conversation with with multiple people, and it just resurfaces when you're talking. I don't want to meet people where they are. Like, I don't want to meet you where you are at your lower level, at your mediocrity, at your sometimey, when I want to, okay, whatever. Like, I don't want to meet people where they are. Like, if you're not meeting me at this high vibration that, that I'm on, not that I'm always on this high vibration, but just like, if you're not meeting me, like, if we ain't here, then it's just like, what's the point? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be sometimey, okay, let me figure it out, let me, hmm, gauge, hmm, how do you feel in that? Like, I don't want to, I want to feel like, this is what it is, this is, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I want to, that's how I want to feel, that's how I want to move. I don't want to have to question certain situations, certain areas, like, I just feel like. What well, if I felt too about this? This week, like I, I didn't, I don't want to question certain stuff, and it's like I felt like I was questioning certain stuff because the honesty wasn't forthwith given to me straight the up. Assumed honesty, my dad. The assumed, the the assumed, the omission versus submission. Or well, omission is still be. lying. It's really not. I mean, like if you didn't ask. I didn't know I had eggs, but we're not <laughs> going to debate right now. On this right, show. we're not going to debate right now, but. Just in, in relationships in general, and that's in platonic relationships and in friendships and romantic relationships with associates, like, whatever the case may be, like, I just feel like I want to meet, I don't want us to have to, like, dumb down ourselves or shrink ourselves, like you said earlier. Like, you don't want to shrink yourselves for... for oh, I'm for, not going to shrink myself, I'm just not no, going to no. share. For employee. I mean, yeah, or that too. <laughs> I was going to say, or that too. But for me, I don't... I mean, I don't... I don't know, I just feel like... I don't really want to maneuver in that space. Like mm-hmm. that's not something that I like to do. And if I if I have to do it, which generally I don't, because I mean I don't really. I mean it's COVID anyway. But you know I don't really hang out with that many people. Um, I just feel like I don't want to be in those spaces where it's just like, like you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. That side eye, what you can say, what you can't say. Like you know what I'm saying. Like all right, it's all fun and games when we just hanging out. But it's COVID, and it's not like we just out here just. Oh, yeah, all willy-nilly. Like, when you out here, you out here for a purpose. You out here for meaningful conversations. Like, you seeing selective people. You you know what I'm saying? You're having real conversations. So, that's one of my truths, definitely, that I don't want to dumb. I, I don't want to meet people where they are when they aren't at a decent vibrational level. Like, I don't I don't mm-hmm. want to meet people at a lower level for whatever reason. Okay. Um, and that was my truth that I kind of just realized when talking to you. I kind of feel like I should say my other truth because you know I don't be having truth out here. Um, but the other truth that we kind of both talked about a little bit, um, is the, um, I don't ever want to settle for depressed happiness. And let me tell y'all, I saw a post on Instagram. Um, it was actually by Brown Girls Create. And it basically said that you don't have to stay in a situation just because it kind of gets you by, right? You don't want to be in this place where you're depressed and happy at like where it's like it's not really happy or maybe you have happy moments but the situation is depressing mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and I feel like I don't want to live in that space I don't want to be a part of something that's that's kind of draining me draining my energy but can be happy at times or have happy moments or I can see the happy in it and that's kind of something that we talked about earlier like mm-hmm. I don't want to live it in in that space um and when i saw that post i wrote it on my to-do list to kind of just do um a little bit more processing a little bit more research um on 
on that thought because I'm not sure if that's something that she just kind of created. But I'm like, that makes a lot of sense where people kind of live like, I mean, at this point, we all live in a, in a pandemic. So we all live in a depressed state, you know, but we did get rid of Trump. So that's the win. But, you know, we're and I kind of felt like that's how I felt in after, you know, once pandemic hit, once we didn't graduate, like once this all started happening, I felt like I was having happy moments, but like. I wasn't celebrating life. Like, it wasn't like a, like, I wasn't just. But is that okay, though? Is it okay that where you are right now is that maybe you are in a state of depressed happiness? Like, where? For me, I think it's okay because we're in a pandemic. Like, is there grace? Where is the, where does the grace come in? At? Right. But again, last, last episode we talked about, like, okay, you've gotten your grace. Mm-hmm. Since, like, you've gotten it. But now what? Like, how mm-hmm. much grace you think you're going to get? Because at the same time, it's like. You cannot keep using these things. Like, now we're in a new year. Like, the pandemic ain't going well, I'm nowhere. saying keep moving. Definitely future. keep moving. Like, keep moving. And, I mean, sometimes, you, like, we have to live in a pandemic. There's nothing mm-hmm. I can do about living in a pandemic if that is the depressed to my happiness. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing I can do about it. But in any other situation, I'm not doing right, it. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, we can't do nothing about the pandemic. That is that is the depressed happiness we live in now because you see... Happiness in the moments we're still right. celebrating, and so in those moments, I think that's a choice. Like we can't, we can't make a choice about the pandemic, but we can choose relationships, right? right. That, that we are depressed, happy, like right. moments of like, oh, it was good, and it's like, no, but the reality is, you're not happy, right? Exactly. So I think there is a choice to make, right? Um, and I think we gotta be able to um, figure out when it is a choice and when it's like uncontrollable, right? Exactly. So. Yeah. So those my two truths, girl. Yeah, yeah but that depressed my- happiness is, is a real thing. I think mm-hmm. that people. Again, that life and that life, like that life that you just hear and that life that you're living, I think right. that depressed happiness is the difference. For sure. Right? Definitely. So, let's get ready for our last uh, segment. Uh, Two-minute sessions. So... Got a question, Donna. How should I prepare for my first therapy session? Ooh, that is a good one. I love that one. Um, so I'll say two things, and then I don't know how many you have, but I guess we can go back and forth if we need to. Mm-hmm. But I would say to prepare for your first therapy session, I would think that you would want to make sure that you have question, you have a question or questions that you will want to know about the actual session, mm-hmm. not about the therapist. So sometimes we don't realize that, like, there's a therapist, that's a person, you know, that person has their own lives, but about the session. You know, you want to know about the legalities of the session. Mm-hmm. Ask all the questions about that. So that would be, um, and this is in no particular order, I don't think that's most important or anything, but I would think you want to know about therapy because most people that's going to therapy, they don't know. They People don't know how long therapy sessions are. Mm-hmm. People don't know how often, pe- you know, people don't know what assessments look like in right. therapy. You know, what is it going to look like to get to know me to be, you know. Right. People don't know that it might take five sessions to even get to something because people try to get, at least, you know, I do a lot with children. So for me, it's like, these children got to get used to me mm-hmm. before I go asking them some questions and they looking at me like I'm crazy mm-hmm. or sometimes they don't feel as comfortable. Everybody's not just going to come, you know, gab into me. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think you should ask questions about how therapy works and what techniques, what, what they're going to use mm-hmm. or what techniques and stuff that that specific therapist uses, um, in session. So I think, um, 
think about, you know, what's going to happen when you're in therapy. Mm. That's one. And my second one would be to prepare, um, I guess, right now we're doing telehealth and in person. Um, but I would say if it was in person or if it was even if it was telehealth, I would say you want to be early and be kind of open. So you want to be early, you want to be set up if it's Zoom or if you have to go to the office to fill out paperwork. Be ready in um, in kind of how you want to look. Like, you know, it, it's it, it's a lot to, to sit in front of a person. And so you want to feel your best, right? I would want to feel good. And these things that like, people mm-hmm. don't even talk, talk about. People, I mean, people obviously show up to therapy like, I'm a mess. Listen, I'm here because I'm a mess. So, listen, take me as I am. Yeah, I, I think mean, that that's look, look, look your best part is out the window. Because, like... But... You, but I didn't. Comfortable. 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 But like. If you can prepare, if you can prepare, be early and be and feel comfortable in your Right, feel comfortable. Don't say like your best. Cause like shit, yeah, I might not be able not to best, right. get myself together to even put on some nice clothes. Like I might just have some But that's on. that's that's given the notion and, and some people are that people are coming to therapy because they are kind of all over the place and that's not necessarily the case. But I would say you wanna you not that you wanna give off some impression because you know this is your therapist, it's not a job interview. But I would say you want to feel comfortable because I'm gonna I'm gonna just talk or I'm gonna be at my most open some people when I'm most comfortable. And that's not that doesn't necessarily mean I look my best. That's just mean I'm comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Um so those those are my first two. I would say be comfortable and then prepare to know what a session would look like so that you know what what that kind of entails. So I would say, um, Understand your first session is not going to be like a therapy session. Um, because it's a really a, like if you're in person, it's going to be you doing paperwork. Like the majority of your session is like going to be you doing insane paperwork. For me, when I do virtual sessions now, I send the paperwork already. So mm-hmm. like they already have a chance to do it. But it's still a getting to know you mm-hmm. session. Like I'm introducing myself. I'm telling you, you know, all about me, the, the techniques that I use and all those things. So, so don't understand that your first session is not going to be a session. Like just say that. And Donna talked about being comfortable. Um, You're probably going to be uncomfortable, though, Mm because you're literally in front of a stranger. And it's awkward as hell because, like, you're in front of a stranger. And I don't know, like, I have awkward energy, like, when I meet people one-on-one. I can talk to a whole crowd, but when I meet people one-on-one, it's awkward energy. So you might be uncomfortable. Like, no matter how comfortable you prepare yourself to be, you still might be uncomfortable in the moment. And that's normal. Um, Also, if it's not a fit, if you get there and it's not a fit, it's okay. Nobody has a gun, a contract, nothing to your head that says you got to stay with the person that you initially had a session with. Um, the second thing, that might be the third thing, I don't know. Keep on, you're good. The other thing is that um, if the therapist does not look like you, prepare to ask, have questions prepared about their cultural competence. Um, because I want to know how you can relate to me, right? How how can you relate to me? What What trainings, what schooling, what experiences have you had? That makes that qualifies you to, to relate to me, um, and I think that's important because even with us, um, I don't want to say this story, but <laughs> should I say? Remember that time in Doctor Scott's office when I had that one particular patient, and mm-hmm. I was like, "What?" And she was like, "So what?" And I was like, "What?" No, I remember telling. Oh, so one particular time I had a white client in my internship, and I just. When I went into the room and saw the client, I went back out to the front desk and I told my uh, told Dr. Scott, my uh, clinical supervisor, I'm like, she's white. And 
You know, she was like, so what? And I was like, you know, because in my mind, I never treated a white person. I never sat and talked to like, you know, so it was, it was like awkward to me. I was not prepared. Right. Um, and, and to, I just wasn't prepared. So, um, you know, that was different for me. So I think to, in order to ask like, you know, what, what qualifies you? And, 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 and make sure they can relate to your experiences. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily always relate, but like they're aware of it. I think our cultural competence class really made us aware of a lot of things that we weren't aware of um, right. prior to going to grad And school. that's going to be a learning experience because no client is asking me my, my experiences to be able to help them. It's just kind of like if you're coming to me for something and like... You're not going to ask me if I've ever gone through that because you want to make sure that I've gone through it. Like no, no, not that you've gone through it, right. but that you have experience, have experience dealing right. with 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 me, with my right. kind of people. Like right. and that's you, something, right? And that's kind of what even I if said, it's a man, can you? Sure. What's your experience with women? Like what's your right. you know? And that's why I said make sure you asking questions about kind of like the session, right? Um, but but you're saying more about the therapist and right. what they're able to provide. Right. Gotcha. Because they it. And it's not even about always relating, but it's like you may not just be aware of my stuff, and it's like mm-hmm. that's 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 that might come in between you treating me because you right. don't know how to treat me. Right, depending on which you're going to therapy for, right. because obviously um, there can be different things that you can go to go to therapy for that it doesn't matter if the person treating you is blue, you know. Right. It, like the issue is the issue, no matter what the issue right. is. Um, and then obviously there's people of mixed race or people who've grown up in different situations. The, the right. you know even if they're one like person though we had marriage and family, I would I would not do a married couple because I've never experienced marriage. Mm-hmm. So I can do family therapy. I'm comfortable with that, but mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with with counseling a married couple or an engaged couple because that's an experience that I have I am unfamiliar with completely. I don't know mm-hmm. what it's like. I've witnessed marriage. You know my parents are still married. My you know my grandparents are married. My aunts and my uncles are married, but I've never been married. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing that I won't touch. Like, I can mm-hmm. give you tips, tools. I can go on my book and try to, you know, do some systems with you, <laughs> systems therapy with you. But it's right. like, I'm not touching it because I've never experienced that. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how to, 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 besides, I don't have any lived experience. So, right. like. But do you, yeah, but do you always need lived experience? If that, if that person feel like they want their therapist to have lived experience. I feel like a certain thing. I feel like it, I feel like book experience and you know that education qualifying mm-hmm. it. But I think when you're dealing with like marriage, I think it's also that lived experience that is just as important as the books because like the books might not teach you everything that mm-hmm. lived experience will, especially when you're dealing like stuff with marriage. Like I just right. and I books don't want always up to date. Yeah, you know what I mean. Certain things books haven't experienced. You know, right? Life, like you know, and sometimes so family bring your families all day right. long. Right, <laughs> bring your families, bring your families, families to Sarah. But 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 we not doing. I'm not doing marriage yet because I just don't know. Yeah. Um. Definitely. The other thing I would say is just to um, ask questions about payment options and EAPs mm-hmm. and you know because there are ways um mm-hmm. you know to pay for therapy that may not always be common knowledge. So asking those questions too. Right. For sure. And be prepared to wait. Sometimes things go over. You know, sessions run over, sessions run behind. Just have patience. Show with patience and an open mind, like Donna said. Open mind because it's something new. It might be something new to you. So just have an open mind. Don't and whatever y'all do, y'all. Don't go in there thinking like it's gonna be anything like TV. Right. Therapy is not that like they they make therapy so what is not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I tell the story all the time about the guy that didn't want to sit on the couch because he was like, 
I ain't crazy. Like, boy, you don't sit there on this couch. Right. Because you watching all this TV. You sit on the couch with the shrink. Like, yo, it's nothing. It's not even that deep. It's really not that deep. It's really not. It's definitely not. It's really not. Um, so definitely get rid of all of those preconceived yes notions and myths everything right? all the living singles and the, the different world i know we use that for our podcast but it's like it's really just a chill experience right. and just you and be, know and be ready to be ready to be truthful be right ready to, be truthful be ready to, to live in your truth and and whatever it is and right and stand on that right um even though it might be it might not be in your first session but but it might be stuff gonna come out like and you gonna like it's gonna be like a uh, like a light bulb, legit going like go off mm-hmm. on the top of your head, and you gonna be like, oh, I remember one time my therapist got me, and like you know I was up there trying to you know lie and act in front, not lie. I was trying front. Like she asked me something, I was like, no, I ain't need that. Da-da-da-da-da. By the time I got to tell my story, and I had mentioned something in the story, she's like, oh, that's what you didn't need twenty minutes ago when I asked you, and it was just like a light bulb went off because like the connection, but they only happened when I stopped fronting and was honest about what I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. So, be prepared for those moments. Be prepared to leave crying sometimes and and not happy. Right. Be prepared to leave angry. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Be prepared to think you don't want to come back to therapy. Right. But sometimes, be prepared to come back though. But be prepared to come back. Definitely. For sure. So I think that's our show today, sis. It is. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning into another episode of Black and Therapy. We appreciate y'all. We didn't have a song, but okay. oh, a song. Oh, what is going to be our feel-good song of the week? Do you have I feel one? like it got to be something in, in regards to the inauguration, but I don't have one. I'm just trying to think. Oh, gosh. She always wanted to be DJ No Clue. DJ No Clue. That is always me. Like, oh. maybe Feeling Good by um Nina Simone. Okay. Feeling Good by Nina Simone. That's our feel-good song of the week. I'm surprised you know that because that's something I would pull up. Where did you get that from? You Googled that. My mind. My body and my soul. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. I feel a good song of the week is I'm Feeling Good by Nina Simone. Thank y'all for listening to another episode of Black and Therapy. We've been getting a lot of hits, um, getting a lot of DMs. So we are appreciating the people that are listening that didn't even know was out here listening to us. Um, So thank y'all again. And catch us next week for another episode of Black and Therapy. See y'all. It's a new life for me, yeah, it's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me, ooh, and I'm feeling good.